Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiphany. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Yes, Lord. Come on, can we celebrate a God that's in complete control in this room? Yes, Lord. You know, we, um, I love the sim- simplicity of that song that just says he's in control. You know, we've tried to theologize that and just use big words like his sovereignty. And, but grandma, would, you know, she would look back and just be like, baby, God's in control. And that's, that's, that's the type of God we serve that no matter what the chaos in the universe looks like, there's a God that's sitting in heaven and is not scratching his head. He's not worried. He's, he's not, he, you know, nobody can overthrow him. Can't nobody impeach him. In fact, I encourage you to read Psalms chapter two, when the Bible talks about nations raging against him and he sits in the heaven and laughs. That's literally what the scripture says, that he laughs because we serve a God that's in complete control of all things. Well, Psalm 48 says, great is the Lord and he is greatly to be praised in the city of our God. I'm j- I just have one question. It's just a small question. Did anybody come in here to like praise the name of Jesus Christ in this room? No gimmicks, no tricks, no, no games, just, just pure unadulterated praise because we know that the Lord is worthy of our praise. Look at somebody and just say, I came to praise the Lord today. And then I came to go get brunch after I praise the Lord. Because y'all know that's why y'all came in here as the, as, the, as the first thing. But if you guys don't mind, I'd like to jump right to it. Do me a favor and grab your Bibles and go to the first book of the Old Testament. And if you struggle finding that, let's just have a quick conversation after church. Genesis, y'all. Genesis. Genesis, Genesis chapter uh, 32 is where we're going to hang out. Um, hey, man, today's a special day, and, you know, normally, we, we don't normally shout out birthdays, but um, it's Miss Carol's birthday, y'all. It's Miss Carol's birthday. And, man, if, if, you're, if you don't know her and, you know, I, I just want to, like, like, she holds it down. She, like, she mothers the church and has done so since the inception of our church, in fact, um, like when I think back to the earliest, earliest uh, times where we first started gathering, I don't remember. I literally, I can't think of a season where Miss Carol wasn't like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm all in. In fact, um, she, she takes care of the building in such a way that you, you may not notice or you may not pay attention to it, but she's always here every week. She's doing something. She's cleaning something. If she catches you with your feet on the chair, she's going to get you because... She, she just loves, she loves the church. She loves the body of Christ. So I, I wanted to say happy birthday to her. And she said I could announce it. She's 57 and looks 21. I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she does it. But anyway, Miss Carol, we love you and we wanted to celebrate you. So we got her a little something. She likes shopping because, you know, Miss Carol stays here. So happy birthday. A little shopping. Love you. All right. Let's get to the word of God. Hey, before we get there, real, just real quick, I, I wanted to mention this. And honestly, I don't want to spend a lot of time because I don't know where people land on the fence of this. I have my own personal preferences, but I um, at least personal thoughts. But I, I don't I don't think my pulpit time is I don't think it's appropriate for me to share my thoughts. Um, but I do want to just say a quick word about the unrest and the violence that we have seen 
um, I was going to say across the world, but specifically uh, between Israel and, and the Palestinians. Um, one of the things I've, I have neglected to share with you guys is when I went to Israel years ago, maybe 2017, but when I went to Israel, uh, a big piece of the trip, they brought 30, uh, a little bit over 30 pastors to Israel. And yes, we were excited about all the religious you know, sites, but the goal of them bringing us there was for us to better understand what they call the one state, two state uh, solution. And so we got time to meet with the Israeli government. Um, and we also got time to meet and ask questions. We got time to meet with the Palestinian government, not just the governments, but we, we met with um, lawmakers in those two, within those two governments. We met with negotiators that uh, their entire job was to negotiate peace. And this is, I mean, we're watching it play out on the news now, but this is an ancient war. This is, this, some, this is something that has, has been taking place in the scriptures, I think, even, um, even allude to uh, the, the wars that are going on in that area. But I've been to the Gaza Strip, and um, I, can, I can just tell you now, you know, I think as Christians, it behooves us to make sure we are praying for peace. Again, it, it doesn't, you know, when you look on the news and you see dead women and dead children, when you see dead humans in general, you know, as a believer, God calls us to always err on the side of life. And I'm not just talking about life of a Christian, but when you consider um, when God made man, the Bible says that he made man in his image. And this, it's this word, Imago Dei, it's, we're, we're all made, no matter if you've trusted in, faith, in, in the faith, no, no matter you know, what, what your ethnicity, your background, your culture, none of that matters. If you're a human being that is breathing, you are valued and you are made in the image of Christ. And so it's important for us to make sure that we are really shutting down our, our comments shutting down, you know, shut off the news for a second. And we have something that most people don't have. We have communication and access to the creator of the universe. And I, I just want to just solicit everybody to pray. When I was a kid, they used to say, pray for peace in the Middle East. And it was a catchy way for, anybody heard that before? It's a catchy way for, for, for our attention to be on the unrest that has been happening uh, in the Middle East for many, many years. So that's, that's I just want to lay that before you. In your time this week, please don't just look at the news. Don't just um, you know, gather your, your arguments and your points, because we all can do that. Let's do what nobody else can do, and that's pray. We can pray to the Lord. All right, let's get to it. We're in Psalm 32. I meant Genesis. I meant Genesis. Jeez, tough crowd. Genesis 32. Fellow attitude on the right-hand side. All right, pick me up in verse... Genesis 32, pick me up in verse, verse 22. Are y'all there? All right, we there. All right, verse 22 says this. The same night he, he is, is Jacob, y'all. So the same night Jacob arose and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that they had. And Jacob was left alone. Can you please, please make sure you underline that phrase? That's going to become important. And we're going to camp out there for a second. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. 
And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, for I have striven for, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon, upon him as he passed Peniel, limping, limping, limping because of his hip socket. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew from the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the hip of, because he touched Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I want to preach today from The topic entitled Broken But Blessed. Broken But Blessed. Let's let's not arrogantly jump to the scriptures without praying. Would you join me in praying? Father, we thank you so much for your commitment to us, your kindness, your love, and how you overwhelmingly, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you overwhelmingly meet us. And so, Lord, we, we just pause for a second. We slow the pace down to... Acknowledge our desperate need of you. Not need, but desperate. Lord, we are desperate today. We need to hear from you. So, Father, I pray, oh God, that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our situations. Use me, oh God, as an instrument, as a mouthpiece, broken, undone, not worthy. But yet, that is who you decide to use. So, Lord, I thank you and I pray that you would use me for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Somebody say amen. Broken, but... But bless. If there's some seats still outside, I see people still coming in. There are one seat here, so somebody can sit here uh, in my seat. If you have a seat, just raise your hand. No. Okay, one. Okay, we got two seats here, y'all. Got two seats here. We got some seats here. Y'all, are y'all seeing this? Y'all good? All right. Let's just follow them in, guys, as if there's anybody else that's still out there. All right, let's, let's get to it. So over the past few months, I was going to say a few months, but honestly, over the past, like, since the top of this year... I have been like diligently praying for, uh, for you as individuals, praying for our church, praying. Sometimes I'm, I'm in this room early and nobody else is here, like specifically on a Monday, and I'll kind of walk up and down the aisles. And maybe I don't know your name, but your situation, your, 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 your story, your face will, uh, I'll think about it and I'll begin <clears throat> to pray for you. I've prayed a ton for your children as I was coming downstairs, just so the parents know, as I was coming downstairs, it sounded like the kids were having a bunch of fun upstairs today. And I often do, I pray for your children. I pray for the leaders of our church. I pray for our, our ministries. I, I pray for fresh vision. Don't nobody want stale 2021 vision, but I pray for like this, this futuristic vision that, 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 that sees the glory of God being um, unleashed through Brooklyn. I pray that. I, that's not hyperbole. I pray that stuff. Pray for the next season of our church. I pray for conversions. I hope you will join me in that prayer. Daniel, I pray for conversions. In fact, we sat in this room a little bit earlier with our volunteers and those who serve at the church and um, on a Sunday morning. And that, that was one of, you know, we were going over a core value, which we do every week. And I was, I just kept telling the group that was in this room, man, like I'm praying for conversions. I want to see, I want to see revival. Revival is awakening. I want to see hearts just alighting to Jesus. Like that's really a prayer that I think God is answering. Did you see how many people got baptized today? God is answering that prayer, but I, I want you to join me in praying that. I pray that God will continue to grow the church, not basically through transferred growth, 
where we're swapping members. But I pray that God would save people and then they would join into the body of Christ and become elders, deacons, ministry leaders, and, and they're baptizing and they're preaching. And they don't even know Jesus yet. That's, that's what I'm praying. In fact, you know, as I'm, I'm praying these things, I'll be honest with you guys. The way my mind works is I'm thinking about systems and structure. Like, even if you look around this room, we, we have grown as a church, and I'm always, first service was similar, and I'm always thinking, like, man, as, as the people are joining and people are coming to the church, we have to put systems and structure in place because those things are, are important. What is the assimilation process into the church? If you're a first-time visitor, what do you sense and see when you come into the church? Are people welcoming? Are people nice? I'm thinking about all of these things. What, what is the system and the next step? What is the structure for non-believers? That's something else we're, we're talking about as a staff. As people give their life to the Lord, we want very clear steps for them. Well, what do you do now that you're a part of the body? What, what, is, the, what is the next step? What about children's ministry? How do we continue to to help our children to grow up in the faith so that upstairs doesn't become romper room, but it becomes a place where a young mind can be developed and their hearts can be open to Jesus at a young age. About women's engagement and, and, and men's engagement. What about finance? Like these are, this is how my mind works. I'm like, the church is growing. I'm thinking of all these. And God stopped me a couple of months ago as I was thinking through, man, the church is growing systems and structure. And one of the things that God challenged me about Even though systems and structure is important, God challenged me because the bulk of our investment actually needs to be in the spiritual health of the people that are a part of the church. Because you can have well-organized systems and well-organized structure, but if you got unhealthy people, the systems and structure breaks down. And so what, what we need to spend our time and investment in is to make sure and see that people are growing up in their faith. Once you, you give your life to the Lord, you go from, from death to life. But do you realize that after you go to life, you got to go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity? I want to see a healthy, maturing church because healthy churches are made up of healthy people. I don't know if we're beefing, but that was a good place to give me an amen, right? Just a little one. Y'all got quiet on your boy. Healthy churches are made up of healthy people. And so as you look around this room, my, I am less interested in a packed room. I am more interested in seeing healthy people that are looking more like Jesus Christ. Healthy singles that don't just enter any relationship, but are very, very serious about entering into relationships that have purpose and meaning and knowing that God has put his hand, not godless relationships. Healthy marriages, where our marriages aren't defined by by, by abuse and defined by toxic masculinity and defined by unbiblical womanhood and and defined by, 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 by adultery adultery and, 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 and unfaithfulness, but we're, we're, we have a marriage that reflects 1 Peter 3, and we have a marriage that reflects Ephesians chapter 5, where the marriage marriages within the building begin to look like Jesus and his bride, where we sacrifice for each other, where we, where we care for each other, where we don't play these games, you know, where we see on social media, where we actually, we've been, you know, together since 2017, but, you know, we ain't been married, you know, I'm, I'm Smith-ish. Y'all will get that later. 
It's toxic. I'm getting angry. It's toxic. And let me tell y'all something. Y'all going, yeah, but that's the world. It's in the church too. Oh, we play these games as well. Where we're no longer married, we're actually just roommates. Healthy leaders. Healthy leaders that know that their service is not unto man, but their serving is unto God, where we are facilitating an atmosphere that is conducive for people to grow up in their faith and people to meet Jesus. That, that's, that's my prayer. So thank God for systems and thank God for structure. And we got to work on that. In fact, our, our staff, we've gone through a book uh, called The Trellis and the Vine uh, by, 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 by Tony Marshall and Colin Payne, where, where, where you know, the, the vine is, is you know, of course, the, is, is, you know the, the green vine. And then the trellis is the fence that holds. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's the fence that holds up the vine. So the book is talking about structure and systems. It's like work on the, on the trellis, work on the trellis, because as the vine grows, the structure will hold the vine up. So work on the structure, work on the structure. But at some point you got to stop with the structure and pay attention to the vine and the vine are people the vine are healthy healthy people and so I, I, I really do believe that there are many people that are, I'm not a young pastor I'm, I've done this long enough that I'm not naive I know that there are some of you that walked in the room today and your spiritual life is on life support your relationship with the Lord it, it really it, it really is it needs resuscitation you came in this morning to get resuscitation because here's the thing about your relationship if you think that God doesn't care about it God actually cares for you and he misses you and he desires to spend time with you and a lot of times we'll replace religion with relationship and God is like I want relationship with you that's what I want. I want relationship. And many of you that are in this room, I, I believe that God is going to try to wake you up today because you are spiritually on a trajectory of spiritual death. Okay, Revelation 3 verse 2 says, wake up and strengthen that which remains and is ready to die. That don't mean it died. It's on its way to dying. And this morning, what I want us to do is wake up. Look at your neighbor and just say, wake up, wake up. There's a spiritual resuscitation that is going to happen. And, and, and as a church, as a church, we have to prepare ourselves for the next season, but we do so by taking inventory of our spiritual lives. Now, that's us as a church. Can I, can, I, can I sit next to you for a second? How about you as an individual? In order to move to the next, whatever that is, in the next season, you have to make sure you go into the next season spiritually growing. I'm saying you, we, we can't, if you have the same spiritual habits that you had last year at this time, something's wrong and you're not growing. But every year we should be growing. Every year we should be developing. Every year we should be looking more and more like Jesus Christ. Do not go into the next year. Don't go into 2024 doing the same spiritual stuff. And I ain't saying it's bad. I'm just saying if you continue with the same thing, you're stagnant. You're stale. Water that sits gets stale. And God is calling you not to be a puddle but a pipeline. God, God is called. He wants to work through you. He don't want you sitting in the same, uh, the same space. We serve a God of movement, which is why when he created the galaxy and he created the world, he didn't just let it sit. He said, Whoo, and it said, Whoo, and it started revolving. The reason it's revolving is we, we serve a God that, that moves and our spiritual lives should move. And so I don't know what you're preparing for. Maybe you're preparing for a, 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 the next season, which would be a promotion or a new job. Don't you dare get that new job and go into it with the same spiritual habits. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's time and you met the one on, you know, on the app and you good. And y'all, y'all went on the first date and it, and it felt right and it felt good. But let me just, let me promise you, don't go into that relationship the same spiritual way you went into the last one. 
You have to grow, go into it more spiritually mature. What about that new responsibility or that new project? Don't you dare take it on unless you are going into it knowing that you are spiritually growing and spiritually healthy. Because I tell you one thing, I don't want to pastor a church that's spiritually dry. Forget that. I don't want to belong to a church that is spiritually dry. And, and let me just tell you, sometimes the charisma can, can, can make you think the church is moving. Y'all know the good music. I've been to churches that had good music and spiritually was dead as a door, not just spiritually dead. And so I no longer care about stuff like that. I care that you and your soul is growing up to look more like Jesus. So we arrive at a passage where Jacob is about to encounter the Lord. Jacob is about to have a moment with God. Now, how many have read this story before or you've heard of the story? Hands up high, just kind of see the room. Okay, like a good portion of the room. So many people have not heard this story before um, where, where Jacob is wrestling with God. Now, I, I need us to understand as Jacob is getting time with the Lord, and that's going to be my first point is you getting time with the Lord. As Jacob is getting time with the Lord, I need you to understand his time with the Lord is different than our time. Because, you know, our, our time is filled with, you know, Maverick City music and a, and a Le Labo candle. And we just we think we spiritually deep. You know, we turn off all the lights and we, you know, and, 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 and look, I ain't going to take your quiet time. By the way, quiet time ain't in the Bible. I ain't going to take your quiet time with, you know, with, 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 with you and the Lord. I don't want to I don't want to disrespect that. But I will say that looks drastically different than Jacob's time with the Lord. Because our times are, are quiet and peaceful and meditative, and we just want to sit and think about things. And Jacob is fighting. Jacob is wrestling. Jacob is actually getting in the ring with God. But you got to understand, before Jacob got time with God, don't miss this first point. He had to prepare to be alone. Oh, please don't miss this. This, this is like the best I got right here. He had to prepare to be alone. Let me show you in verse 22. It says the same night he arose and took his two wives. Count this with me, y'all. Two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. Don't miss these, this phrase. And Jacob was left alone. And Jacob was left alone. Third time's a charm. And Jacob was left alone. Alone, Jacob now is in isolation. He's in a remote. He's in a remote situation now. He is in solitude, but don't miss it. Verse twenty-two. He was in the midst of chaos because he had. Listen, y'all. He had two wives. <laughs> he had two female servants and eleven children. And imagine this. And he had a bunch of stuff. So he's in the midst of all of this. How can you hear from God when all of this is going on around you? And so Jacob is like, oh, I got to get time with God. I got to get uh, alone with God. And so therefore, I have to prepare to do so. So the Bible says he takes them across uh, 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 the, J J the, the Jabbok a stream so that there's no family, there's, there's no flock, there's no servants, just time with him and God. Now, we read this and we be like, oh, that's not a big deal. We think a stream like, you know, when, when, when Brooklyn flooded and, you know, we shut the city down and you know we was all messed up and we had state of emergency no no the stream of Jabbok was a 
deep stream. It was like a river. It wasn't just a deep stream, but the current was also very massive. This is a stream that would have flowed between Manassas and Gad. So this is, this is a, a big stream. And the Bible says that he takes his family, 15 people. Now, one person getting across often didn't make it. He took 15 people across. He took stuff across. Watch this. All to get time with God. He decluttered and worked and worked and worked so that he could have time with the Lord. This is a lot of work, y'all. And I think when I look at how Jacob prepared to be alone, I wonder how we're doing preparing to being alone. I know you're busy. I know your calendar is busy. I know you're always booked. You always got something going on. But I wonder, I just wonder if we had the same intentionality behind getting time with God and getting alone, what would our spiritual lives look like? Listen, I ain't saying that. I'm not sitting here saying, I need you to spend time with God. Not yet. What I'm saying is I need you to have a mentality to prepare to spend time with God because preparation is the key. And many of us are good preparing for everything else. You got your gym clothes for tomorrow already laid out. You got your meals in mind. It's already. Why? Because many people in the room are preparers. But if you think about your spiritual life, how many of us are actually take that same intentionality and put it behind our spiritual life? Or are you just fitting God in the margins, fitting God in where you can, throwing up a quick prayer? Look, I ain't, I ain't mad at you with the quick prayer. I do it too. But your spiritual life cannot be developed simply based on quick prayers on the train. You got, every maturing Christian knows there are moments where I got to give 30 minutes, an hour, and I got to block off time and can't nobody disturb it, can't nobody disrupt it because this is time between me and God. And not time where it's filled with just petitions that I'm talking. But I got to have time where I just sit and I just listen and I just hear from God. I, that's the season that I'm in, y'all. I'm in a season where I'm, I'm tired of just talking. I actually want to hear responses back. The way he talks is through his word. Listen to me. Skimming the word worked for you last season. It won't work for you in the next one. Oh, this is prophetic. I'm telling you. Just like opening up the Bible and sticking your finger in it and just saying, this is it. This is the word of the Lord for the day. And not pre- how do we not prepare when Jacob said, I'm taking all 15 people, putting them across so that I can be alone with God? Why do we not prepare like him? What about community? A big portion of your spiritual growth is community. And we thank God you came to church today. But let me promise you, Sunday morning is a window in the house. It ain't the whole house. Community revolves in so many ways, and some of it's, yeah, we, some of it's, we plan it, and we work it, and there's small groups, but then some of it is just organic. You need to look at somebody else and be like, man, we got a lot in common. Let's do coffee, and that can be community, and, 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 and you're going to need community in the next season, and the next season, I'm telling you, developing that prayer life and that devotional life, some of y'all know y'all got the version app open, and, and you nine days behind. Bro, I say, we nine days behind. And let me tell you something, man. You version, they'll reward you too. When you get it every day, you get that reward. Like, oh, you, you know, you 15 days in. I'd be like, thank God, like I'm killing it. Y'all know y'all like me with this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But here's the thing. Yo, but we plan for everything else. 
We got strategy behind everything else. Your business, your career, you got plans, you got vision boards, you got counselors, you got, you know, mentors, you got it all in place. And God is like, but where's discipleship? Where's time with me? Where's, where, where are you carving out in your week? Where are you pulling away from some stuff? Because some of us are so busy, but are you too busy to spiritually grow? I just want to get back to Jacob for a second. He took his entire family across the Jabbok River. Preparation is the key. Why? Because when I take them across the river, I know that I will spend time with the Lord. And some of you, it's very simple. Some of you, it's just getting up 15, 20 minutes early. I know, I know y'all came for something deeper. That's, all, that's the deepest. Some of you, that is the deepest thing you can do this week is set your clock and say, I got to get up 15 minutes earlier. And after a while, you only have to set the clock because the body says, time to spend time with the Lord. I, I've been on this journey. I told y'all last week where I told you about the no snooze, but I've also been on this journey where I have desired to get up an hour early. I'm going to start the entire day an hour early, and I want to get to the building an hour earlier than I normally do. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to spend time with the Lord. And also, I feel more productive when I get up and, and, and I get moving. Your lunch break, your, your breaks at work can't be filled with TikTok. Listen, I know them, I know, I know the Jada Pickett, you know, I, I, I know, I know the memes is funny, but our entire lunch is that you got to carve out some time with the Lord. And you never know how God is going to speak to you, but sis need to chill on the interviews. I'm, I'm, that's the last thing I'm going to say on it. I don't know why I'm stuck on here. Why am I stuck on this? Sis need to chill, man. Toxic. Some of you really do need to pick that Bible plan and stick with it. Some of you need to fight to stay connected. You've been connected before, but then you've drifted and you've drifted and you've drifted. It ain't nothing more dangerous than drifting because it's normally the season where sin gets, you know, settled in our spirit. It's normally where we get most comfortable with sin is when we are drift. I don't ever want to drift. I always want to be kneeling before the cross saying, God, if, if I don't stay close to you, I will fall. I don't know about y'all. I know me. If I don't stay connected, if I don't stay in, 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 the, in the bloodline of Jesus, I promise you I will drift and I don't just drift a little. I'm going to drift far. And I don't want to drift far. I got too much to lose. You got too much to lose. And God has been too faithful to you. So I'm going to move on here. Here's a question. I just want to, before I move on, do you know the things that are keeping you from growing? Just for a second. Do you, do you know the things that throw you spiritually off? This week, this is what I want you to do. I really want you to take some, some paper or your phone or in your laptop, not paper, nobody does it anyway, phone or laptop. And I, I, want you to, I want you to make a list of the things that cause you to drift from the Lord. Make a list of the things that, that, that cause you not to spend time with the Lord. I actually did it, and I'm going to share a little bit of my list with you guys. This is what I came up with. Here's a few things that, that I know when I'm being thrown off. I can usually point back to one of these six. First one, bad eating habits. I don't know about y'all. It me- I don't know why it messes me up. I don't know the spiritual connection. I can't figure it out, but there is a spiritual connection and consistently having bad eating habits and I feel sluggish. I don't feel connected. I don't want to get up in the morning. I just feel droggy because bad eating habits, they do something to my flesh in a way that bothers my spirit. So I have to pay attention to bad eating habits. You know what else messes me up? Too many late nights in a row. 
Like seriously, see, all of us, you know, in the room, we, we want to be spiritually deep, but sometimes the, the most spiritual thing you can do is actually hit the pillow at nine o'clock and go to sleep. I'm, I know what I'm doing. Yo, years ago, there was a guy named Dr. Crawford Loritz. I don't know if you know who that is, but just a profound theologian, a profound thinker, uh, 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 just amazing guy. And I, I got a meeting with him right before I planted the church. And and part of that meeting was kind of just ask whatever questions you wanted. And so I asked, I thought was a very, very deep question. I said, how, because he's been in ministry for so long. I said, how in the world do you sustain and be in ministry this long? What, what is the trick to longevity in ministry? Do you know what he said to me? His response was, the trick is go to bed early, get up in the morning, spend time with the Lord. I'm like, bro, I need you to tell me about how to do this budget. I need you to tell me how to disciple. How, you know, how do I pastor people in hardship and, and try? No, 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 no. Go to sleep early and then wake up and spend time with the Lord. I know that don't sound deep, but for some of you, the reason you can't get up is because you got to watch the next show. And you got to watch the next episode. And it's so crazy. The way the episodes are set up now on any platform, you don't even have to click a button. You just lie there and it goes to the next episode. It's conducive for binge watching. But what if your binge watching is actually causing you to be soul depleted? I'm just, I'm, y'all are funny. Y'all are funny. I'm serious, man. Lack of sleep could be one of the things that is messing you up spiritually. Let me go to the next one. Too much social media. There has to be a moment where you shut it down. This one don't seem like it should affect me, but it does. Gossiping. Now, I'm not exempt from it. Listen, I like a juicy phone call. That call come through, you be like, you know, you be like, fill my cup. I'm ready. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I love a juicy phone call. But when I, when I get engaging in gossip and talking about other people's business, after a while, that affects me spiritually. And I don't know if you've paid attention to the connection or if you're good just gossiping. You gossip, you gossip, and you're like, man, this, this doesn't affect me. But it, it should affect you because gossiping is dangerous. It's, it, the Bible calls it, it's like gangrene. It just kind of works its way through the church. And so gossiping messes me up. Here's another one. Tension in my relationships. And let me say, the closer the relationship, the more it throws me off. And so me, if me and Ty ain't good, I'm thrown off spiritually. I, it's, it's hard to get up here and preach when we just argued in the Uber. Oh, it's hard. I, it's, it throws me off. It messes me all the way up. And so pay attention to your relationships. Final one is when I'm full of anxiety. I often struggle with anxiety. And there's moments where I'm, you know, I wake up in the morning and nothing's wrong. Anybody ever had this where nothing's wrong? The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. Ain't nothing falling apart, but you just feel like something wrong. I'd be in the bathroom brushing my teeth going, the devil is a liar. I'm serious. This anxiety will not take me today. Why? Because I got to get time with God. And if I get time, my anxiety shouldn't cause me to run away from him, but it should cause me to pull into him. Jacob removed all of it. All obstacles. Move everything out the way. Why? Because I, I got to get time with the Lord. Take them kids, the wives, the servants, the stuff, and put all of that stuff over here. Because every now and then, I got to get time with you. So, spending time with God. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to move quick here. Spending time with God, you have to prepare for it the same way you prepare for everything else. But can I promise you, once you get time with the Lord, 
It is in the process of spending time with the Lord. It is in the process of devotion that he actually breaks your will. And this is why first reason we don't really spend time with the Lord is because we don't prepare. The second reason is because actually when we have prepared, he usually breaks our will and bends us to his. And that's not a fun process. Oh, can we read the process of breaking Jacob's will? I just want us to be very clear. That is what the Lord is doing in this chapter. In verse 24, it says, and Jacob was left alone and, and, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, that's funny to me. I'll tell you why in a second. He touched his hip socket, not punched. He touched it. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled, as he wrestled with him. I don't know if you, you guys are paying attention to this, but Jacob finally gets the family across the Jabbok River. He's standing there and he's, you know, he's prepared for time alone with the Lord. And watch what the text says, that God jumps on him. Now, this text has been preached in so many different ways. This text has been, it's been, a, it's been a good text to lift up prayer, right? We, in the middle of the night, just, I won't let you go until you, until you bless me, Lord. But can we spend time in the first part? Jacob was left alone and he had a fight with God, but let me mess you up. Jacob didn't initiate the fight. God initiated the fight. Oh, God is the aggressor right here. Now you're sitting there going, but it doesn't say God. It says, man, we know what's God because read the rest of the chapter. Verse 28, it says, for you have not striven with man, but striven with God. Verse 30 says, I have seen God face to face. So God is wrestling with Jacob. This ain't a dream. This ain't a vision. This isn't some hallucination. He ain't taking edibles and he off on a trip somewhere. That ain't what he's doing. In this moment, he is actually wrestling with the creator of the universe. He's, he's wrestling. Now, I don't know if y'all are thinking what I'm thinking. So I'm reading this and my mind goes all over. One of the things I thought was when I was reading this is, bro, this is a fixed fight. Like you can't train. Like who can train to be in the ring with God? You, you're, you're going to lose this fight. And so all of my money in this moment is on, is on God. And I'm sitting here and I'm reading this, but then it hit me. Do you know how gracious God is that he allows a stinking man to wrestle with him? Do you know how good? And this is what I'm trying to tell you. Spend time with God, but he's so gracious in the wrestle because he doesn't have to wrestle with you. He allows you to wrestle with him. He allows you to get into the ring. Jacob right now is being broken. And here's what God is breaking. God was laying a hold of Jacob to break his self-dependence. Now, I don't think we know enough about Jacob, and I actually, my clock is ticking, so I don't, I don't have a lot of time to explain this. So you're going to have to check in and, and see what, what Jacob was about. But Jacob, just in a nutshell, Jacob was a con artist. Jacob was a liar. Jacob was a manipulator, and he got manipulated by Laban. Remember the whole, you know, I'll take, I'll take Rachel and then Leah. The Bible called her tender-eyed. That's a bad way of saying it. Somebody ugly. He's tender-eyed. And, 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 he, and then Laban gives, you know, gives Jacob. So he has a, he, his whole life is about swindle from the time he was born. Y'all know the story? The time he was born, he's called heel grabber because he grabs the heel of Esau while they're still in. He was born a manipulator. He was born needing to be broken. And I know you're sitting here going, well, that's, you know, that's Jacob. But most of the room, listen, you may not be a con artist. You may not be a liar. You may not be a manipulator. Some of y'all look a little shady. But, you know, you may not be those three. 
You know, you may not be those three, but let's be honest. Somewhere in here, y'all know we all need to be broken. And here's my prayer for Epiphany Church, that we would get time alone with God to the point where he breaks our will and breaks our flesh and breaks our disposition. And in doing so, he realigns us back to him. It's Frederick Buckner that said this about this chapter. He said, he said, this is a magnificent defeat of the human soul at the hands of God. That is what this is. And what we need as a church is I'm thinking systems and structure, systems and structure. No, God is like, no, I need broken people that walk with a limp. Did you read the rest of the chapter? It says from here on, Jacob walked with a limp and the limp was a reminder, Z, that he spent time with God. It's too many of y'all walking with too much swag. You spiritually are just moving and you just going through life and you think you're killing it. But broken people is what God needs because he never meets you in strength. He doesn't provide strength to strength. He provides strength to weakness. Look at your neighbor and say, are you limping? Come on, look at somebody and say, are you spiritually swagged out? Your limp is God's grace. Because truth be told, let's be honest, this God, Jacob should have died two seconds into the fight. There's no duality. Jacob ain't strong. God allowed him to wrestle all night. And the grace was, I'm just going to pop your hip out because I could take your head off. But I'm not going to take your head off. Time with me. I don't want to kill you. I want to break you so that you are better. That's what the breaking is. The breaking is actually God making you better so that you can maximize his glory, so that you can live on earth in, in, a, in, in a productive way, so that you could be salt and light, so that people on your job could actually see the reflection of God's glory, so that the people on your platforms could actually see you and see through you, but actually see God. And in order for that to happen, they must first see the limp. They, they must first see the brokenness. Somebody look up to heaven and say, break us, Lord. Oh, now be careful because you ask that. He does it. He actually does break us. And, and I'm telling you, we don't, we don't like the process of being broken, but it is in the process of being broken that you will experience spiritual maturity. In the process of being broken. And so the, the text here says, he's fighting with God. He's trying to maintain control because that's what he's doing. He's trying to maintain control. You know, his hip gets broken and, and, and hold on, I got more. I got more. Just give me, give me 10 minutes. 10 minutes. All right, I'm going to be done. What time is it? Am I all right? Were you all right? I feel like every week I'm rushing. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm sprinting. But he maintains control. Seriously, what time is this, somebody? All right. Give me seven minutes. Seven minutes and we'll be done. He's trying to main, maintain control right here. And in maintaining control, God is like, you're going right, though. So I actually want you to go, I want you to go left. Look, some of y'all had a great summer. God is like, you can't go into the fall like that, though. Got to break something. And in the breaking, notice that the Bible doesn't say he punched his hip. It's a little touch. He all, he, he all messed up. Out of one little touch. And so I'm going to move here. You have to prepare to spend time with the Lord. Stop thinking it's going to happen by osmosis. osmosis. It doesn't just happen. You actually got to carve it out and make it. That's point number one. Point number two, when you finally get time with the Lord, he actually is going to break 
your will. Point number three, I just want you to see how strong your flesh and will is. Can I, can I do that? And I'm going to let y'all go. Look at, verse, look at verse 24. And Jacob was left alone with God and, 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 and a man wrestling with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he, that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip uh, was put out of joint and he wrestled with him. It says, and then he said, do, do not, uh, 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 he said, let me, let, let me go for the day has broken. Stop right there for there it is. The day has broken. So that means they, they literally wrestled all night. They started wrestling when it was dark. It, the sun is now up. And in the sun being up, that shows me that God, again, God could have killed them, but God doesn't. But it shows the persistency of Jacob's will and his flesh that he's holding on to God because he's like, you, I, I, I'm a, my, my will is going to prevail. And God is like, I got to break your will. This is how strong our flesh is. And this is why, you know, many of us are trying to figure out why we can't get our spiritual life together. It's probably because your, your flesh is overtaken your spirit. This is why the Bible says that the flesh is will, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is, it's weak. Your flesh is, I've said this so many times, like a broken record, that our flesh is weak. We have two natures within us. You got the nature of Christ that wants to do the will, but you got a flesh that, the flesh that wants to do the opposite. Don't you dare think that your flesh is saved. You dare think that you're, and this is why Jacob is wrestling because he's holding on to his will and he thinks that his will is going to prevail and God, in his grace, breaks his hip so that he can break his will. And that's my question in the room. As you go through life, are you going through life and doing it based on your will and your terms? Would you write this down? Part of the process of wrestling with God involves a discovery of being confronted with the will of your flesh. Did you know that when you spend time with the Lord, part of that spending time is a discovery and being confronted with the will of your flesh. Your flesh is strong. Galatians 5.16, you can play some. Galatians 5.16, it says, do not walk in the flesh And it goes on to talk about walking in the spirit. And that is what I want to see for us, y'all. I want to see a bunch of people that are, I said walking, limping in the spirit. We're we're, we're allowing our time with God. We're allowing you to get the aftermath of our wrestle. My spouse gets the aftermath of my wrestle. My coworkers get the aftermath of my wrestle. The problem is we've put all of our priority on human relationships and God is like, I just want some time. Because if I get time, you'll understand purpose better. If I get time, you'll understand destiny better. But our flesh needs to be broken in this room. I called an altar call on the first call and I just clearly don't have time here, but I just want to pray for all of us. Prayer is not going to be natural in the next season. You got to make that thing happen. Devotion ain't going to be natural. You got to make it happen. Connecting with the body ain't going to be easy in the next season. You got to make it happen because the cost is, the risk is too high for you not to. And God is, he just misses you today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Prepare to spend time with the Lord. If you hear nothing else, 
when you get time with the Lord, expect breaking. Because the breaking is aligning us back to his will. And finally, make sure you are paying attention to your flesh. Listen, in this Western culture, y'all, even our churches, we celebrate strength. We celebrate confidence, prestige, and victory. But we avoid weakness and limping. And I'm telling you, it is the sign of an unhealthy church when everybody is presenting strong. Healthy churches are made up of people that limp and are weak. And I don't know who it is in this room that you, you've, been, you've been desiring. I really do believe that you've been desiring to spend time with the Lord. And you've been desiring to, to, to be renewed and refreshed and, and do his will. But you're struggling because that flesh is holding you back and your will is prevailing over the will of God. Father, I pray for everybody in this room. I don't know the stories, Lord. I don't, I don't know the situations. I don't know the circumstances, but Father, you do. And so, Lord, before we leave out of here, Lord, we just, we pause to invite you to break us. We don't like it. It ain't comfortable. But it aligns us to your will and to your purpose. And so, Lord, break us for your glory. Break us for your purpose. Use undone people like us to accomplish great things. Lord, we pray, oh God, that your purpose in our life will prevail. This next season of our life, I don't know who it is, Lord, but this next season of our life, Lord, we want to enter it the same way we entered the last season. Whatever that is, whatever that is, Lord, I pray that you would reveal it to each and every individual that is in the room, that they would enter into this next thing different spiritually different we walked away from you we don't always proclaim you but lord we want to be different today so lord as i was saying at the top of this sermon spiritually resuscitate us today bring us back to life align us back with you so that your purpose can prevail and at the end of the day lord really what you're after is your glory so get the glory out of us even despite our comfortability Get the glory out of us so that your son's name can be praised throughout this world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.